0: Hi folks and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I'm your host Christopher Tompkins. I have a really great show today. I'm going to be talking to my friend Alex who is an animation expert and he has the answers to all the questions that you've posed over the last few weeks. So I'll tell you a little bit more about Alex in just a minute but before we get started I wanted to welcome you all to today's episode. If you are new to the show Uh, Welcome. Uh, I hope you really enjoy the content that we share. The Social Marketing Academy is all about trying to showcase the expertise of the people within my network, I'm connected with, uh, I have a really, really great network of professionals that I want you to have access to. And guess what? I get asked questions all the time from prospective clients, um, current clients, peers, whatever, on a lot of these topics. So I thought, why don't we bring these to you? So it's basically like an hour-long digital marketing free consultation, which isn't a bad deal, right? So please do check out our past shows and subscribe to our show so you don't miss updates. We do this as a live feed um, with video as well as our RSS feed through our podcast. Um, if you'd like to learn more about my agency, the Go Agency, and contact us with any questions or upcoming topics you'd like to have covered, go to the website, gosalesandmarketing.com. Again, that's gosalesandmarketing.com. All of our social links are there. We're offering a free e-course as well as a blog that has tons of great information that will kind of help take you to the next level. So what can I say about my friend Alex Herder? Okay, Alex Herder, I wanted to have on the show uh, because a lot of you were talking about video and the use of video and the importance of video, especially like over the past, um, you know, crazy 2020, a lot of people had some time to kind of sit with what they were uh, with their marketing strategy and look at some of the things that they were neglecting because they had no time to really execute those things. And video was one of them. And tied directly to video is animation and the power of animation on your business website, in your social media, in your presentations. A lot of people have always asked me about this, but then it kind of gets to the point where, they just have some stops and they have further questions and i'm not an animation expert which is why we wanted to bring alex on to answer your questions so he's going to have some really great insights on how you can utilize animation for your business now let's talk let me tell you just a little bit about alex he started the animation studio duck and duck back in 2009 with his best friend dave and since then they've been creating compelling content for nonprofits brands and anyone else who shares their passion for telling good stories he's an expert storyteller in the past couple of years they have worked with leading organizations all over the world including the american red cross the world bank nestle patagonia and even the biden presidential campaign before starting duck and duck alex did marketing for a public health technology company did some tv work in london and helped an hiv clinic in south africa upgrade their i.t infrastructure um He is, uh, he has so much knowledge within this area as well as experience. So I'm really happy to welcome him to the show today. He's going to be able to answer all of your questions dealing with animation and here he is. Alex, how are you doing? Welcome. Hey,
1: thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: No problem at all. Um, I was just going through and introducing you to all of our viewers and listeners, um, but you know, I say this to all my guests. Tell everybody about yourself in a few words and what you're what you're up to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, what I'm up to is is attempting to balance, uh, you know, having two little kids at home and doing remote schooling and also trying to keep a small animation studio afloat. Uh, <laughs> but overall, you know, I've spent the last 12 years uh, doing, tell, doing animated storytelling, uh, you know, doing anything from advertising to documentary. Uh, and I just I really enjoy it.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's it's uh I when I was uh when I was going through kind of um some some of the bio items that you shared with me, uh did you live in South Africa when you were working for that firm? Say so you lived in Cape Town.
1: No, I lived over in uh so South Africa so South Africa went through a long time of um, this split government called apartheid, yeah. where there were basically there's a tiny portion, I think it was 10 to 15% of the population was white. Um, and the rest of them were obviously black South Africans, but mm-hmm. the white minority wanted to disempower all of the uh, all of the the black Africans, the South Africans. Right. And mm-hmm. so what they did is they created these reservations, they called them Bantustans or homelands yeah. and it's basically they took the crappiest land throughout the country. I think there were nine or 11 of them. And there was one in the far east um, called Masoi. And okay. I was in Masoi, which is now called Masoy tribal district, but it's a former homeland, oh. very near the border with Mozambique. Uh, it actually it actually right borders Kruger National Park, which is a okay, huge yeah. park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I was there, I was in a little, I was in what's called the uh, le- outside of a little town called White River. Uh, out in Pumalanga province.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, were you able to make it to Kruger?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, it was oh. you know the the district and and Kruger sort of border each other. So okay, you just drive and you can just drive in. You get a pass and you just drive in.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's funny because I was looking through where you've lived and I've I've lived in both of the places as well. I've lived in London and South Africa. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, and it was it was so funny because when you mentioned Kruger, I was just like, I bet he went. Because uh, I didn't get to go because Cape, oh, Cape Town to Cougar was not, it was, it's a little bit of a drive. Side. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a drive. Um, but that, no, that's really interesting, that common ground, just the two similar places. And where did, when you were in London, where did you live?
1: Uh, I stayed with family. So my- um, Oh, nice. I, it's funny, on my dad's side, they go back to, I think, they, I think my dad's in the Mayflower Society. So on my dad's side, there's like really deep roots here in the US. And on my mom's side, she was an immigrant from the UK. And so I'm, I'm oh, okay. first, first generation, and not. And so gotcha. uh, when I was in London, I just stayed with my family um, in a neighborhood called St John's Wood in the near northwest. Oh yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Oh my God, yeah, that's yeah, gorgeous area. Yeah, yeah. I had I had some friends in that area, and I liked the in. So you're you were fairly. What's oh my gosh? Am I having like a brain issue? It's very close to Hempstead, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Heath and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just north of that.
0: Yeah, I know. I love that area. Um, I, was in, I was in Islington, and mm-hmm. Hackney, and Chiswick, and I, I bounced around. I was there for a while. Um, That's great. But yeah, but no, really interesting. Um, so we've gotten lots of really uh, interesting questions. I was kind of like, before I brought you on, I was just telling everyone that uh, one of the things that happened in 2020 was a lot of people had time to look at the look at certain marketing aspects or tools or just the things that they've tactics that they were always wanted to they were interested in trying out but then it was time time just takes me away from everything I don't have any time well everybody had a little bit of time to think about some stuff Uh, I mean one of the things one of the trends that I saw last year was people asking me um, prospective clients and even just just people in my network asking me questions about services that I've been trying to get off the ground for years but no one want, no one could commit to just letting themselves go that far to kind of get into that creative element yeah and, and videos is one of the things that I've seen really really pop up quite quite a, quite a bit and tied directly to that is animation so I'm really um, uh, I'm really interested to hear your take on some of these questions that we got from our audience. So let me just kind of throw out the first one right. um, and the, don't be insulted by these. These are by our, our loyal, lovely listeners. So <laughs> uh, they, and they, and they all love you uh, already. All right, so is animation inherently less serious or less professional than other kinds of content?
1: Yeah, that's uh that's an objection that we run into a lot. Um, Typically, it's not the objection raised by the person who we're talking to, but it's very often a manager or someone, some other stakeholder in the in the decision, uh, is going to say, "Well, yeah, but like animation is cartoons, and cartoons are very sort of unserious." Um, and we do a lot of work for a lot of very serious uh, organizations. We work. Um, we do a lot of work for the World Bank, for the Inter-American Development Bank, for. Um, you know the Gates Foundation for mm-hmm. those sorts of folks. And that's where I see that objection more. But actually each yeah. one of these organizations uses animation all the time. Yeah. Um, typically it's in it's in an explainer format, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's typically a one to three minute video that explains exactly why you know this debt finance instrument is the right one for you, you know, government minister. Right. Um, <laughs> to use the World Bank as an example. Right, right. Um, So no, of course it's not inherently more juvenile or or not serious. Um, The cool thing about animation is that it's incredibly flexible. In fact, I want to take a step back and sort of redefine or maybe use, do a little bit of vocab here. So animation, Mm -hmm. animation overall is basically anything where you have moving pictures. Um, Mm -hmm. So animation definitely covers Bugs Bunny. but it actually also, it covers Pixar and 3D, which is a totally different technique, yep. but obviously similar demographic audience there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also covers what's called motion graphics. And I know you and a bunch of people in the design world will know exactly what motion graphics are, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a term that actually some folks don't don't know what it is. And basically yes. that's, um, if you watch a, let's say you're watching a, a truck commercial or you're watching just a regular commercial Mm -hmm. and you know there's there's cool b-roll of a truck going over hills and there's like words that stamp in and say you know can tow 50 million tanks Mm -hmm. or whatever that is that is motion graphics so we see motion graphics all over the place and that is also a subset of animation Mm -hmm. and so animation as a whole is hard to write off um you're right of course cartoons can be more juvenile um but it can work for anything from as sophisticated as explaining why a satellite works, mm-hmm. to um, you know, entertaining my my four year old and teaching him how to how to do simple math, mm-hmm. uh, and really every everything in between.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, it's a common it's a common misconception, and I mean, I feel for you because I I mean, I was I was selling social media services ten years ago, and you know that I mean that was. I mean, and talk about, and also just starting off as you're uh, owning your own agency. Like I was I was giving myself my own Stockholm syndrome by just like, a one, I was like doing a one person version of it um, as in like, am I actually selling things that matter? <laughs> because people just don't understand what the concepts really are. And animation is one of those things where people immediately think Disney, immediately think uh, Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, going back to cartoons. and But we're not saying cartoons, we're saying animation. Right. Animation means movement. Right. And um, it's interesting that you point out the motion graphics, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people forget, uh, because they think, oh, this is going to be all drawn, right, right? this is all going to be rendered, it's not, I can't use myself in that, or right. it's gonna be a cartoon or caricature of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. I mean, you, obviously, if that was what the creative called for, you do it, but um, what do you find in terms of, in your businesses, like, what what do your clients ask for the most? What medium do they like um, for their explainer videos? Uh,
1: so the bulk of our work is in, actually, the bulk of our work takes place in a program called Adobe After Effects, which is part yeah. of the creative suite. Um, Great and, program. And... Uh, even if, even if we're creating certain scenes or certain elements elsewhere, mm-hmm. almost every project comes back to After Effects for compositing at the end. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the projects never actually leave After Effects because mm-hmm. it's, it's effectively, think about Adobe Illustrator, right? Which is a multi-layered vector-based uh, illustration tool. Mm-hmm. After Effects is effectively Adobe Illustrator on a timeline. Right. And of course, video is a time-based medium, which is a mm-hmm. phrase I may come back to in this conversation because <laughs> I think about it a lot. You know, it's, it's. You can do all the work that that gets done in a video in this in this sort of way. So we'll do storyboarding, we'll do concepting, all in After Effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also use we use other tools like we use Cinema Four D for three D uh, work. Right. Um, we we use a lot of. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. Um, <laughs> we we have done a lot in Adobe Animate, which is what Flash was renamed. Yeah. Uh, but we actually now do a lot of more of that work in Toon Boom, which is like which is really explicitly a cartooning tool. Yeah. Uh, we do a kids series for the American Red Cross uh, in in that platform, and oh, that's awesome. It, and it yeah. only at the end comes into After Effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, almost all animation is digital these days. Obviously, yes. there, there was a time when you would actually write on glass, and there are still people who do that. You know, they mm-hmm. write on cells, which are little, mm-hmm. you know, plastic movie, you know, actual yeah. frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never done that. No one on my team has has done that outside of art school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can simulate it with a drawing tablet, and uh, yeah, the, the process is is all digital for us.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so one of the things that I've always it, I've always found power in for organizations and I feel like they sleep on it a little bit is the power of the explainer video. And you've mentioned that before. Um, I just want to bring that point back up again, because I feel that there's, um, there's power in that as being a starting point into understanding how that can work for your company. Um, I've seen, I mean, a lot of companies that want to get involved with YouTube. If you want to start a YouTube channel one of the things that's most powerful for you to have on the top of your page is your as your explainer video if you're going onto your website um having that explainer video on your home page or your about
1: mm-hmm. but
0: i think i'm we're saying this like everybody knows what the hell we're talking about what in your words how would you explain what an explainer video is
1: <laughs> luckily luckily i've made hundreds i've written hundreds of explainer scripts so if i get this back if i can't do this i think <laughs> we have time for you to move on um Yeah. An explainer is very simple. It's, it's a, you know, typically it's a 30 second to three minute um, video. Very often it's all animated Mm -hmm. um, that really answers the basic questions of what something is about or how it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are variations, Um, you know, explainer journalism has been a big trend in the last, I'd say four or five years. The best, the best practitioners of that are Vox, Uh, Vox Mm -hmm. is, Fox's YouTube channel uh, is incredible. It's full of all these wonderful explainers. They've sort of evolved it from that corporate Silicon Valley explainer, which is all animated into something that has, it mixes live action, it mixes stock photography, it mixes collage and animation where appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely see them as the gold standard for kind of explainer journalism or longer form Mm -hmm. explainers. Which is funny because even then, even those are only like seven minutes long. Um, yeah. in, my, in my world, that's long form. Yes. Um, and I think another question that's sort of nested within that question is like where do explainers go and, and yes. how do you use them or where what do I do with these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually something that I talk to clients a lot about. There's, you know, when you run a when you run an agency, I'm sure you appreciate this. When you run an agency, you do have maybe five or six conversations. Often, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. There's there's almost
1: like a track that you fall into. um, Of course, yeah. And one of the ones that that I have a lot of is um, basically there's this understanding that, okay, I'll have a video and a video will solve my problem. Um, But the the reality is that no content will solve your problem uh, Mm -hmm. because content itself, first of all, it's really hard to get in front of people um, Mm -hmm. by itself. And content itself isn't necessarily going to move someone the multiple steps they need to do something. Exactly. so I actually have a lot of conversations where someone comes to us and says, Hey, we want a video. We want an explainer. And the first thing I have to do is go, Whoa, now I'm not sure you do help me understand where it should go. And Mm -hmm. what we'll do is we'll actually we'll go through what I will call the viewer journey, but you could call it the customer journey or the donor journey or whatever and say, okay, do you want a video to solve this problem at the top of the funnel? Do you want a video, in other words, to attract interest? That's a totally different kind of video. And honestly, an explainer is bad at that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want a video that you know, converts an already interested, say someone who already subscribes to your newsletter to donate to your organization? You know, mm-hmm. Do you want a conversion tool, a piece of content that will kind of generate the interest from step three to step four? Mm-hmm. In that case, explainers are fantastic. Um, or do you want a video that is going to go to your already really engaged audience? Uh, I've been using nonprofits a lot cause that's most of what we do, but let's right. let's use a, a corporate example. Do you want a video that you can send to your, your frequent customers, uh, that they can post on their, on their social media or something. And for their explainers are actually maybe not so good. What I think of there is what you want is a, um, you want a declaration or, I, or, or what I'll call, an identity video or an identity affirmation video. So you can say, yeah, you're one of us. Um, You believe in what we believe in. This is who you are. This is who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I think of a example we did for Patagonia uh, last year that was very much about like the corporate values of Patagonia, which probably isn't bringing new people in but it'll take people like me who love Patagonia Mm -hmm. and say, yes, this is why I pay you know, $180 for a pair of jeans or whatever it is, right? It's because like <laughs> these people are, I actually I've never bought jeans there. That's a bad example, but, <laughs> um, but you know, this is why I'm a huge fan. And so different types of content work best at different places. All of them can be animation or incorporate animation. Um, but yeah, that's a super rambly answer to your question. No, that's
0: right. That's right. I enjoyed the ramble. I'm thinking that one of the things that I always say to my clients is um, when we're talking about content strategy, um, once we get on, we're going through the onboarding process and we're going, we're, we're doing that, that period, which is uncomfortable for the client a little bit. We're kind of like shaking up and molding some different pieces that aren't kind of like fully formed and you're you're, you're putting your hands in the soil a little bit more. Okay. And um. They always, they always wonder like, how are you going to create content for us? And I said, well, the first place that we're going to look is through your FAQs. Mm-hmm. What questions, how are we going to engage people if we don't know what they're frequently asking you? And then we can kind of build content around there. Now that right there for me is a part where some of our clients have said, well, you know, we've, we've heard about video explainers. And I do feel that um, there was one client of ours that was, I was really impressed and uh, which I'm very hard to impress, but I was really impressed. And their um, FAQ page was all explainer videos. Mm. And they, but they were not, they were 30 seconds, 20 seconds. They yeah. were like bite-sized, easy yeah. to go. And I, and I was thinking to myself, wow, if I didn't watch these, I would not have no idea what they would do, that what they were doing. Because um, a lot of companies uh, struggle with kind of building up their credibility. Yeah. And, they're, and they're so worried about building credibility and visibility, but then they're building visibility out of something that nobody understands. So yeah. it's nice to have that piece to explain because I also find that um, if we're looking for additional piece, places where I would say explainer videos would live, um, if you're doing a short version of a full explainer, I would say that that's perfect for um, social media advertising. It's also really wonderful if you were to piece it out and do retargeting ads based off of that for any of your website hits. For a certain page of your service, maybe you have multiple services. Maybe there's multiple videos associated with that. Um, there's lots of different things. I, I mean, one of the, one of my rules of thumb is that if you think that you cannot use animation in anything that you're doing, are you using PowerPoint still? Right. Are you using PowerPoint? Um, are you using uh, Keynote? are you using Canva templates I, I mean that all can be done through animation even Canva yeah. for for god's sakes is, is saying let's animate this <laughs> and it's just basically yeah. flipping to the next page <laughs> yeah. go Canva but um but yeah that's kind of how i think because i've I, i've actually had clients we've worked on their um, presentations for them for branding presentations and and i'm like well have you just thought about not doing it like this <laughs> and doing it i mean like in the today world, uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, just opening up PowerPoint really hurts me. Uh, yeah, it, it just, it hurts my soul because I feel that you can very easily translate that in a different way. That's more impactful. than. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've done uh, for years, we used to do uh, the, the former head, the former president of the National Trust for Historic Preservation mm-hmm. uh, would give, they have an annual, big annual conference and their president would give like the, the Anchor Keynote, um, and we actually, we designed those uh, in, in consultation with their creative team, yeah. and we made them all re- basically really long explainer animations. Uh, because in Keynote, you can actually embed, you can embed movie files. Yep. Uh, and so what you can do is you can basically have something where you control the timeline, mm-hmm. you can like page through, but the whole thing actually feels like one video, um, and I, I don't know how to sell this. I don't know who to sell this to, but I'm convinced it's just wonderful because having the person there is really important, right? Cause they're, they're able to convey that human, that human element. They're the expert in this case, you know, it's the head of the organization that you're a member of, uh, but instead of clicking through a bunch of static, uh, images. You're, you're actually able to walk through, okay, now I'm gonna talk about how this housing project changed this neighborhood. And you, you hit the button and then the first 20 seconds of the video happens and then, then it stops and she's able to talk a little bit more. And then the next 10 seconds happens and it stops and she's and she's able to address it more. I really think this kind of like interactive premium presentation animation, I don't know exactly, I'm terrible at naming things, but someone could name this as, you know, presentation plus, or again, terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> but I really think this is a product that like needs to be out there more and we'd love to do more of it because it is a cool way to use animation in a different way.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, just from the presentations that I've seen recently, oh boy, um, just just uh, from some of the classes that um, I've just been betting for just, just different things I've seen. Um, it's like 20 years ago and I'm in college putting something together. And, and I feel that when I see the website, the website's like this beautiful like car. And then I see the presentation and it's like a rusted bike. And it's kind of that disparity really does hurt, especially if you're trying to use your webinars to convince like your webinars or presentations or whatever you're doing. You're trying to use them to convince people that you are a credible resource and that they should spend money with you. And then you have your intern knock out a PowerPoint. Give me a break, buddy. It's not yeah. going to work. I mean, yeah. that's that's not how you're going to convert. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be a really, really great service. You have to name that. Um, Someone name What? Someone else
1: has to name it. <laughs> to name it. <laughs>
0: that's it. That's your first social media contest that you can do. Name there it is. product. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how to write a compelling, how do you write a compelling script for something short? Like, a Minute less than yeah. that, how do you do that? Like, how do you come up with that script?
1: Yeah, so luckily, I don't have to do that anymore, but I did it for a long time. Okay, uh, I, I wrote basically all of our scripts for the first oh, wow, 11, 10, 11 years of in business. Uh, and now we have producers who do that and they do a much better job. But yeah. I will, I will dust off my, my knowledge <laughs> here. Um, so I think there are a couple of things. Uh, one is to if you're used to writing for readers, writing for for content that's written, so articles or blog posts or reports or whatever, um, the first thing to do is to understand the. Um, sorry about the beeping in the background. That's right. Uh, is to understand the the word count limit. So roughly 100, 160 words per minute is kind of a casual speaking sort of pace. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing here. We're probably at 160. I think both of us talk a little fast. So maybe we're at like yeah. 180 right. uh, per minute, but but that's normal. Mm-hmm. So that's only half a page of double-spaced content. So you have one normal page, you get this much space mm-hmm. for, your, um, for your script. So I think that's the first thing to understand is that that's true. Um, Another trick that we use is to always understand that you're writing for hearing and to actually edit by speaking out loud uh, or even to have someone else read it to you to understand that like hey this is a time based medium right there's that that again. Um, And to understand the actual relationship of time, so I think those are two elements to get around length uh, Mm -hmm. and around pacing. Some other stuff is to make sure as you're writing, you are constantly picturing what will be on screen. Even if it's not, even if you're not exactly sure, there should be a rich a rich visual in mind, every single sentence. In fact, every single clause should have a rich visual in mind that actually makes sense. So there are a couple ways to do that e- more easily. One thing we often do when we're writing for articles is that we bury our visuals at the end of sentences. We spend our be- the beginning of our sentences kind of building up, mm-hmm. setting the context, and then hitting, right? You sort of do this like build up and hit, which reads really well, but it mm-hmm. doesn't work in animation because you wanna be able to introduce the visuals first. So mm-hmm. you might wanna say, um, if you're describing making uh, making avocado toast or something, you know, you mm-hmm. might wanna say, start out with imagine a piece of avocado toast, you know, rich green, uh, rich green avocado mashed with, you know, red chili peppers popping out, Mm -hmm. um, popping out and, you know, attracting your eye or something and then move into how you did it as opposed to like, first we take a piece of bread and then then, Mm we're even getting into like why we have this for breakfast. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are a few, those are a few things Mm -hmm. I think two more, uh, two more tips that I find really helpful for script writing. One is to, it's actually coming at it from both ends. So the first thing to do is to write the longer version and edit down. So if you want to get to a minute, dump all your ideas, uh, you know, go through and write four minutes of content, uh, and then come back and say, okay, clearly this is not going to work. What's the least essential. Um, mm-hmm. And often you can't do that until you've actually dumped your whole thought onto the page.
0: True. Yep.
1: It's really hard to edit down before you write.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's
1: one thing. The other thing is to actually start at the bottom and define what is one sentence or even one clause, one idea that, that someone's going to get across. I mm-hmm. kind of have like a generic rule where you can only expect an audience to remember one thing for every 30 seconds. So if you've got a 60 second slot, we're talking about two things and way, way, way too many clients. And everybody honestly tries to put too much into a 60 second spot mm-hmm. instead of doing what I think people should do, which is say, okay, what are the two things? And you do the classic rhetorical strategy of telling people what you're going to tell them, telling them, and then telling them what you told them. Right. Exactly. Cause you want, you want to really reinforce those two things because it's unrealistic when you're scrolling through a social media feed it's really unrealistic to expect that they're going to remember five things from one of the 20 things that they saw while they were sitting on the toilet right like that's just not reasonable it's totally, you're totally, <laughs> you're totally, you're totally you're totally spot
0: on and this is when um, this is kind of when I tried to um, I kind of try to cons- consult with my client to help them understand and I say this all the time. That yes, you are unique snowflakes. You're unique. You're you. You are a unique snowflake. God, I didn't know that was gonna be a tongue twister. (laughs) Any more caffeine? Um, But you're the snowflake in a snowstorm, and every snowflake is around you. And it's a whiteout. So how do you get your unique POV across? And I say you need to cut back. You need to cut directly to the bone of what what is. Tell me who you are in a sentence. Yeah. And if a client struggles to do that, I feel that they have a little bit of, there's a control issue and also that they don't know how to boil it down. They right. don't know what's most important. They don't know um, as much about their company as they think that they might. Um, and that's not in a, in a negative way. Uh, I, I don't mean that in a negative way as well, because I mean, if, if we're dealing with owners or we're dealing with heads of marketing, are a lot of different things that are going on. So, you know, I can understand the being, just dis- feeling dispersed and having a lot of things that you're looking at, but when someone tells me, how am I supposed to tell my story in 140 characters? I, I say, I do it all the time. Yeah, I do it every day. Yeah. So what's different about you? Because you have three services. I don't need to know every single feature and bell and whistle about those services, or you have this amazing product, wow. It was the first of its kind 25 years ago. Let's put that in the bio. Like, no, I want, why do I want it now? What yeah. we're doing is like for, if you're looking at your marketing strategy and you're looking at your social media posts, just social media posts for the hell of it, we'll talk about that. Like you need to be hitting, it's, it's all about different touch points and how many times you're getting, you're getting exposure to your audience or impressions, what they call them. And, you know, if you're focusing on one idea on a 30 second um, a 30 second video, uh, then you have an ad with a st- stagnant visual with has the same stagnant that you're putting into that video. And then you're doing a, it, it's kind of it all starts compo- compounding. Yeah. And that because everybody consumes information differently. I know personally that I mean, come on, if we're looking at the stats that have been released recently, um, TikTok is getting more views than Facebook is. And TikTok is 100% videos. I mean, come on. I mean, who hasn't fallen down a TikTok hole? And if, if, you, if you want to fall down one, just join it and it's over. You're, you're gone. Bye. Um, I'll see you two in two hours. Um, when, when I say, what did you look at? And you're like, oh. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's important to, to consider how to boil down your message to the really meaty bits. Um, and sometimes, yeah, maybe you need a couple different videos to do that. Um, yeah. but, but still... It's trying to get the most important parts of your business and bring them to the forefront is the way forward. Um, this, oh, we, well, but, but what about this? And, oh, we can't we can't forget to talk about this. And it's like, well, why don't you do that when you talk to them? Like, mm-hmm. why don't you, when you actually convert them, maybe you can yep. call them all this extra crap that no one cares about right now that's just yep. noise. Uh, Okay, let's 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 move on to another question that was that was posed, Alex. Um, how can I make sure that my audience sees our content? Now that's, a, that's an interesting question.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this one, admittedly, I am I am not the expert in this. I've been around a lot of content campaigns. Obviously, we've created a lot of content for campaigns, right. but we actually don't do we don't do a lot of placement or promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every now and then, we're you know we we do it because we've, we've been asked, and it seems kind of simple. Right. Um, so I guess there are a couple of answers to that. Uh, one is to kind of acknowledge that the days of organic reach are 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 gone to some degree. Um, yes. You know, it is almost all the content that is consumed uh, is consumed on YouTube. On Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. I would also say TikTok, but almost everything on TikTok is is Mm -hmm. user-generated, and so that's kind of, it's just not our space, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say those four platforms, really, that's it. And those four platforms have very deliberately pulled up the ladder in terms of organic content getting getting real reach. And so the first answer is a really depressing one, which is that you have to spend more money to get views on those platforms. Uh, everyone yep. has kind of a, yep. a different rule of thumb on like what, what percentage of a budget should go to promotion versus content. Obviously I'm on the content creation side. So I think you should spend you know, half your budget on content and half your budget on promotion. Mm. But you know, I've, got, I've got a friend who's at LinkedIn who does ad sales. And, you know, she's, she, without batting an eye will say that 90% of your campaign budget should be promotion. Um, and so if you've got a million dollar campaign, only a hundred thousand of that should go to content. Um, and obviously Mm -hmm. some people think it should be a one to five ratio or one to two ratio, everyone's got their own reasons, uh, and their own ideas. But (laughs) one thing to realize is that any content you are seeing, they're probably playing in that kind of ratio space. You know they're they're probably spending twice as much than the content for promotion or more. Um, so that's the really obvious way to get to get views. But there are other ways. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, there are some amazing production companies, and I'll have to follow up uh, with a link to share. But there's an amazing production company out in Colorado that actually they do impact promotion. So what they'll do is instead of doing paid promotion, they'll actually hire someone to go and personally get content in schools or get content uh, to be incorporated on maybe public television or do do the really old fashioned PR thing and actually reach out to reporters and say, Hey, here's some content that might be valuable. Um, I'm really excited about that. As I've said before, most of our work is with nonprofits. And so I'm really excited about how can we get cause messages out there in a way that doesn't take most of the money and send it to these four companies or three companies, Uh Uh, but yeah, it's a complicated space uh, in terms of getting getting actual audience members, and I think you know working with someone like you and building a really engaged base, a really engaged organic audience, is obviously going to help any content that you produce later on down the line. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think
0: like to kind of dovetail into what you were saying, Alex, is that I think if you're going to create, if you are going to decide that animation is going to be the great uh, the the, move, the way forward for you. Um, I really do feel that you have to understand where you're going to be putting it before you even start it. And yeah. I think that that will help you understand because here's what happens all the time. And I mean, how many times have you seen this? I'm saying this because I'm, I know it's happened to you. Someone gets this beautiful video. Like they, you create this amazing thing. They give you a really good budget for it. So you can really kind of go above and beyond. You create a series or a video or whatever the hell you create and they get it. And then they're like, oh, I didn't know that I was going to have to do something extra in order to promote it. Oh, I just spend all my, butt." so you mean that I, I'm not going to be able to do this, this, and this because of this. And it's, it's inherent because people get distracted by shiny things and you have a very shiny thing, which is funny because once they start seeing what you're doing, they're like, wow. And I'm telling you, anyone that's listening to my voice, if you look into animation for your company, You're going to be wowed. You're going to get really engaged. You're going to be like, why did I do this sooner? It's because you just, you could be lazy. I don't know. I'm not not judging you, but it could be a lazy thing. Um, But I definitely think it's something you should consider. But going back to um, thinking about it, promotion is definitely like when we're talking about social media um, or you're talking about email marketing or you're talking about um, placements or you're talking about getting featured in blogs, all of this stuff requires money. And also experts that know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you do have a social media, if your marketing department is equipped with the people that are experts to do this, that's wonderful. But you still have to understand that there's money that's associated with promoting this content. Um, What Alex said is very true. The things that you're seeing on social media from these mega brands it's because they're spending a good good amount of money. Uh, I mean, I, every single prospect that comes to me says, well, look at my direct competitor. I have no idea how they're getting these numbers. I said, they're buying them. They're promoting themselves. They're probably spending like 10 or five to $10,000 a month on this stuff. I said, is that a five to $10,000 and I have to hire you? Well, you don't have to hire me. Um, <laughs> you can do this yourself if you want. Yeah, um, but uh, but no, this is there. There are fees that are associated with this, yeah. and the I mean, it kills me sometimes when I see amazing, amazing new clients come into my realm with some amazing content, and they're just like, "This is good. We can organically kill this." I want to focus on organic build, and it's yeah. it, it's not something that really is a hundred percent real anymore.
1: Yeah, I think I think there are two things that occur to me there. Uh, mm-hmm. one is owning your audience is really valuable and we see, right. We see platforms that are allowing you to do that. Um, yeah. you know, only fans and Substack are two platforms that are explicitly about directly engaging with someone. There's no intermediate, right. You, you get someone to pay you $8 a month and they're a member and they get your content, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, you can set your own prices on both of those networks. And I think that's, Honestly, that's pretty promising um, in terms of getting content out there, but one of the things that brands, I think, need to look at, I I think it's not an either or, I think it's a both and. Um, You also need to figure out how to actually own your own audience, because the reality is if you have people following you on Instagram, you don't actually own that audience. That audience is, there's an intermediary between you and your audience and they decide, you know, how many of your followers are actually going to get that post? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be 4%? Is it going to be 8%? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's not going to be more than 10. Uh, whereas something like an, you mentioned email. I love email. Email newsletters are just the best. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love them. I, I, I think that like you actually have a relationship with that person. Yep. Um, they've chosen to get your content. They often will look at the content and you control that relationship. So they're there is something there um, mm-hmm. to trying to find ways to kind of step back from only into, only getting to your audience through Facebook, for example. Yes. Uh, another thing I wanted to share is mm-hmm. something I like to think about is, is the cost per view for content.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: and I'm not gonna name the clients in this case, but there's one client that you know we did a we did one piece of content it's a pre more premium content. so it's a seventy five thousand dollar video, three minute video. um it won awards. it's great. it's a good yeah. piece of content, but it's only gotten about eight thousand views. Wow. Um, so we're really talking about what is that ten dollars of view more than that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like ten dollars of view, eight dollars of view. Wow. Um, and that's a lot. That's a, that's a high cost review. That's very high um, cost review. You know, whereas we did a series around the same time, we did a series for another client. We did three videos for $100,000. So it was actually more money for the content. But then they spent another eight or $900,000. Um, wow. So they, they spent a million, roughly. Mm-hmm. And, but they ended up getting, you know, 12 million views across all channels. Mm-hmm. And so there you're talking about a cost per view of 10 cents. Right. Uh, and so price is like actually kind of a tricky thing of like, mm-hmm. what is cost? Well, there's cost of making the videos. There's also cost per view. There's cost for conversion. There's cost for impression. There's all these different ways of sort of yeah. thinking about cost. And I think that it's it's pretty short-sighted to think about just what is it, what does it cost to pay Duke and Duck to make this content? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that, act, that number is only one of many data points that you need in order to make the decision.
0: I, I completely agree with you. And another thing, I, another thing even going further, um, we've had clients in the past. We had one client that we worked with for a, a, a little while. Um, and then uh, we were working, um, they wanted video views on Facebook. So we explained what that metric was. And they said, well, we want video views, as many as we possibly can get. And I said, you know, that that's just, I could literally be just grabbing my phone and just kind of like scrolling and like start talking to somebody and your video is paying and then you're paying for this. Yep. Um, and I said, you know, I, I don't really feel like it's a great metric. And they're like, no, 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 no. we need this metric. We need this metric. And I said, okay, well then if that's what your goal is, let's make me reach your goal. So we like triple, triple surpassed their goal because video views on Facebook, if you, it's, it's, I'm not going to reveal all about that but uh I think
1: it's I think it's like 2 seconds.
0: Yeah, it's like a 5 second. Okay, yeah. 5 second video of you. So 5 <laughs> seconds and then you get counted. Right. So um so then after doing that for 2 months they spent about $50,000 to get them. So obviously you can imagine how many 5 second video views we got. I mean a lot would yeah. be the answer. And then they said why aren't we getting more sales? and i and i was just like well let's look at the funnel basically your funnel's over here yeah and stuff's going in it this is your video views right it's not moving anywhere it's not going anywhere that's it people just have to scroll past it for your number to be hit yeah um or people just saying what the hell is this nah Uh, um but uh but no, it's interesting. I don't really feel like I think you're completely right. There's so many other metrics that you really need to think about. And also, I, I'm really big on if you are going to be paying for something to be con, to created for you, such as an animation, a white paper, an ebook, or any sort of thing that's going to be used as either an incentive or something to sell your product or service you, or, or your cause, you should really be focused on how can I release this? And what is the conversion point that I need to make? Is it going yep. to be exchange of information? Is it going to be an email? Is it going to be an email address sign up? Is it going to be money? Is it going to be a consultation request? What is it that actually, just someone hitting the page where your video is, is not a conversion in my book. Yeah, a conversion. A conversion for me in my book, I would say if it's a social media conversion, as soon as I get someone to interact with your content, that's a conversion for me. But if we're saying that a conversion is an email address, sign up on your website, then the conversion point for me would be how many people can we get to convert on your website? And I can only control that from a, as a social media or a digital marketing company if I've actually created that form and that oh, incentive. But oh, yeah. if you've created that, if it doesn't convert, it's your problem. Mm-hmm. But um, there's just so many ways of looking at it to get a spend. Now talking about spend, how much does like, an anima- how much does a video cost? If, if we're looking at that, like, I mean, that's a wide open question, right?
1: Yeah, so I can answer that in, in two ways. One is to say that of course, like anything, like plates or houses or anything, you know, there is, there is someone selling at every price point. Um, oh yeah. And so where we sit, uh, we typically, like our most typical project is a one to two minute video in the 30 to $50,000 range. Um, okay. So I, what I like to say is that I think we're in the 90th or 95th percentile of quality and probably like the 80th percentile of cost. So right. I think we're a good deal in other words. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it's a good price.
1: But we're definitely a lot more expensive than if you just Google explainer animations. Um, there are a ton of really, really honestly, pretty good shops, mostly overseas. And what they do is their costs are lower, but also they do a lot of templatized video creation. So what they'll do, um, there's a really good one out in Indonesia. I know the owner, I've worked with them a couple of times, uh, they're called bread and beyond. And I say, if you've got sub 10 grand or sub 20 grand, they're a great resource. Um, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to come to you and say, hey, here are the 12 types of videos we will make. <laughs> and you say, yes, exactly. I want I want type five. And, you know, here's the script. And they go, great. And they make you a video. And so there are, there are people all over the map in terms of pricing. And then, of course, at the high end, you know, the people above us, uh, you know, we just... We just narrowly lost out on a project that was a thirty-second spot for a major hotel chain, and it was a three hundred thousand dollars budget. Wow! Uh, and so, at the high end, you're definitely talking about the hundreds of thousands into the millions when you're looking at you know, the the most famous studios in our space are Buck, Giant Ant, uh, Oddfellows, and a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for those folks, you know, the conversation starts at a quarter million dollars. Right. So, and it, I think they are a little bit better than us, but I think that primarily they're better than us because they have a lot more people yeah. <laughs> on, their, on their projects. Of um, course. But yeah, I think there, it's a range. Um, you know, I'm always happy to, if anyone has questions, anyone who's listening or watching uh, now or later that wants to come in and say, hey, uh, I've, I've got this idea. Um, I can try to like at least triangulate where where that might end up.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, good. But,
1: Well, it's, it's,
0: it it, it's something that's kind of, it always concerns me because I I get the same thing as well. And from my, from my kind of experience level, um, what I get is, you know, well, um, I just, the Yellow Pages, I just got called by the Yellow Pages, and they're going to do all of my social media for $199 a month. And I said, well, then go with them. I mean, what am I going to do? I I mean, I'm not, I'm not, they're not going to do anything for you. But if price is your motivating factor, go with the worst. And, you know, it's I've had, I've had people too, they're like, well, um, do you do logo design? I said yes, and I told them the rate, and they're like, well, I'm, we were on Fiverr, and I was like, wait, wait, stop, stop. We can't continue if we're going to talk about Fiverr. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've been in business for 11 years. I'm not talking about Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> go, go with they're them. Just
1: different, they're just different things.
0: And it's just different things. And I think it's kind of one of the things is if you are a reputable company and you are going to be investing in your brand and you are going to be doing this, understand that going to, not necessarily even fiber. some of these other firms out there that you see, just make sure they're going to be creating something custom for you. Because if you are using templates, I mean... I mean, just working in the, I have work, I work with lots of healthcare clients and one of the things I see a lot is they go and go to a graphic designer. They get kind of like a cut rate and they're like, just design something beautiful. They're using the same stock image that every one of their competitors are using. Yep. And then they, then they have these beautiful pieces. And they're like, wow, this looks great. And then they go out starting to market and you're like, Whoa, Whoa. I, I have, I have 2000 of these brochures and they have the same picture as the cover of our competitors website. Oh. So it, it's just it, knowing what's knowing what you want, um, and not. I, I'm not a real big fan of templates unless you need to go that route because people are looking at content all the time. They're going to start seeing similarities. I mean, I can very easily like even if someone's doing. Um, one of our clients said, "What did you think about this opening video animation?" And I was just like. Oh, that's from Fiverr. That's from the guy that has 100 templates. And this is one of his templates. I've seen this a million times.
1: Yeah, you can you can buy those and you can customize them. And honestly, like there are lots of places, you know, one of our clients is Capital One. And like, I definitely know that there are teams that are like building new products that they will use a service like 99designs or like Fiverr yeah. or something to say like, hey, just mock up 50 ideas. And like, just to like kickstart our brainstorming. Right? So yeah, it's, that's it's good. Like I a, like that. Like an R&D process that I actually think is kind of cool because you get I a whole like that. set of ideas and you pay a little bit for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them are going to be the final, um, but-
0: yeah, I like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, and for us, you know, for us, we've got, you know, our, our senior producer was at Pixar for 12 years and our senior art director used to be at Discovery and like worked on, you know, big, big content there. Um, you know, we've got we've got some amazing character animators, 3D animators, illustrators. Um, these people are not cheap people. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and and most of us live in the DC area, which is also not a cheap place to live. And so it's just, you know, prices are what they are. And of course. I mean my I actually just a couple hours ago, I had a, a call with a with a potential client, and um, you know, we were talking about price and and I I just said, look, I don't, I don't typically do much negotiation. Uh, you tell me what you need. I tell you what it costs, and you either say yes or no.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and so they, they sort of explained what they need, and they said, oh, and we have like ten thousand dollars. I was like, that's cool. I I would love to do this project, but it's a minimum of twenty for this. Yeah. And and she just said, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of it's it, it's <laughs> it's just being transparent with what your your price point is and. Um... And sticking with it, you know, I, I think that uh, you, you've, you've been a really great guest, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Social Marketing Academy. Um, I, I think that you really shed a lot of light on the animation and kind of the misconceptions um, as to why you should use it for your business rather than not consider it. Um, is there anything coming up that you want to tell any of our listeners about or maybe where to find you?
1: Oh, I'll no. put all of the
0: I'll put, I'll put all your links into our description. So check out our description, folks. Um, all the links to Alex will be there as well. But in, if you just want to give a shout out to yourself,
1: yeah, yeah, um, I think what what you know, I, I'm based in D.C. So this is the day before inauguration that we're that we're actually talking, and so I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to to not having a bunch of uh, National Guard troops in our city. I guess that's the thing I'm looking forward to. But um, personally, you know, please connect with us. Instagram, as, as much as I talked about Instagram earlier, you know, Instagram is primarily the way to connect with us and our work. Um, and, you know, of course, our website is dukeduck.com. Uh, this has been a, a real pleasure of a conversation. Thanks for getting into the weeds with me. It's it's my yeah. favorite. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no problem, Alex. I, I, I mean, I, I really think what you offer is really important at your company. And I think more people need to check you out. So definitely check out the links, folks. In the description of this show, uh, uh, we have lots of great shows lined up. So if you have any questions, folks, I want to hear from you, please um, check us out. Go salesandmarketing.com. That is the Go Agency's website. But why do you want to go there? Because the social media links are there. So That's how you can get in contact with me and ask questions. What would you like to hear on an upcoming episode? What topic would you like us to cover? Check out our blog while you're there. There's a free e-course. Grab it. Who cares? Why not? Um, and I'll email you good stuff that you'll love, and I'll endear myself to you, and then you'll want to work with me. So um, in other words, thank you so much for joining us today. Alex, you've been a wonderful guest, and um, until next time, folks, thanks for watching and listening to The Social Marketing Academy. Until next time, folks.